We are in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Thank you, Sue. It's great to be here this morning. It's great to be without a mask for a couple of minutes. They're hard work, aren't they? Wearing glasses. Who, who wears glasses and finds that you always steam up? Who's got used to it? One. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? One day we pray... The organisation for which I work has been around 140 years next year, so that we were founded, therefore, one year before Bishop Hannington went to Uganda. I found that really interesting. But do you remember those four little verses that we met, that, we, that Sue read to us this morning? So this is part of this is going to be a little test to see how well you can remember what, what was said, all right? Got a nod from the front. What's, what's your name? Joseph, you're going to be very important to me today, Joseph. Okay? But we're going to look at them in two parts, because there's one little bit where Jesus does some stuff. Then the other bit is what Jesus said. So we're going to look at it in those two parts. And I'm up here for two little slots. So the first part, we're going to look at what Jesus did. So can you remember what he said? Because Jesus, it sounds as though Jesus is really, really busy. Because it says he went through all of the towns and villages. Just think about that. All the towns and villages that there were in the area. Can anybody give me a guess as to how many towns and villages, cities, towns and villages, there are in the UK? How many do you think? How many? 10,000. 10,000. Any, any other guesses? There is actually a website. I looked on the line. You can find everything online, can't you? And it's higher than that. 400,000. 400, lower than that. It's actually, according to this website, it's 49,058. Why anybody really wants to know that, I don't know. But still, you know, you can find everything online, can't you? There weren't that many in Galilee at the time. I don't know how many there were in Galilee at the time. I know I found someone who said that there were 200, but then there are other people who say, that's far too many. There weren't that many at all. But, so, but it was quite a few. And it says in the text that, do you see, see what it says, Joseph? It says that Jesus went through all the towns and villages. Okay? So he was quite busy. So we, we don't know how long he was on the road like this, but he, but there were lots, but still, if you go through towns and villages, what do you see lots of? Any ideas? Now, yeah, 
Lots of people. That's it. Lots of people. Not groups of six. Just but lots and lots of people. And it actually says in the text there, it says, he saw the crowds. When my wife and I are sitting down together, we watch TV at the moment. And we see lots of groups of people together. We think, oh, we can't do that now, can we? Can't do that. People aren't keeping their social distance. They're not two metres apart or four chairs apart. We got told off. Rich and I got told off this morning by Chris because we were, we were closer than four chairs together. We were too close together. I saw something in, for, from Australia which says that they don't have to keep two metres apart. They, keep, they have to keep 1.5 metres apart, which apparently is the size of an adult kangaroo. So just imagine, if you're in Australia, you have to keep an adult kangaroo apart. I didn't know an adult kangaroo was that size. But what else does it say that Jesus saw the crowds? And what does it say that he had? Joseph, can you see what it says? Different version. It says in my version, it says that he had compassion on them. That's what we prayed, wasn't it? That we would have compassion on people. Now, having compassion on people means that he, had, he cared about them. He wanted to treat them with kindness. He wanted to help them because they were in need. He felt sorry for them. But it's more than that. His heart broke for the people because he loved them. And then the Bible tells us what, what the situation was. Joseph, can you see what it said? What does it say in your version? He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That's right, they were sheep without a shepherd. So they were lost. My version says they were harassed. But if you go into other verses, versions, it talks about being worried, being un- that they were that they were hurting, that they were confused, that they were troubled, that they were distressed. Jesus could see it on their faces that they were in trouble, and he wanted to do something about it. Don't you find it sad that as we look at people nowadays, and we're all wearing face masks, we can't see that people are really hurting, can we? So we've got to be very careful when we talk to people. But what does then Jesus do in the passage? It's in the first verse that we looked at, where it says Jesus went through all the towns and villages. What did he do? He taught them. He taught them in the synagogues. What else did he do? It says in my version that he preached to them. He told them about God. And what else did he do? He made them better, didn't he? He healed every disease and every sickness. And I think that's incredible. He saw that they were in real trouble, so he did something about it. We need to feel that compassion for people, to care for people. We need to do as Jesus did. We need to become like Jesus to the people around us. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. One's about a man called Mansour. Mansour comes from the Arab world. And he's, he's a Muslim, but he's doubting his Muslim faith at the moment. And so what he's doing, he's going online. 
And he's exploring Christianity online. He found our media website. And then he got in touch with us. He started chatting to our media team. They told him more about Jesus. They explained the Christian faith to him. And then they arranged for him to meet up with some local believers where he lives. And Mansour told our workers that he finds Christians truthful and loving in an amazing way. Isn't that a testimony to our brothers and sisters? He finds them truthful and loving in an amazing way. What he does now, every Sunday, he will meet with local believers and they will study the Bible together. He's not yet a Christian, but we pray that he is on the way to becoming one because his spiritual needs are being met. And Jesus was meeting people's spiritual needs as he taught them, as he preached to them. In another country in the Arab world, some of our workers run a fruit and vegetable ministry. Who likes fruit and veg? Hopefully all of us. Who eats their five a day? Sometimes, sometimes, should do. But what they do with this fruit and veg ministry, they will provide fruit and veg to Syrian refugees who otherwise they can't afford it. So there you are, they're meeting their physical needs by taking the fruit and veg to them. And there are 350 families, this means there's over a thousand people that, who are on the programme. And when they take, they take the fruit and veg to them and they'll sit down with the people and they will ask them about their health and they will pray with them. So as you see, they're gradually meeting not only their physical needs, but also their spiritual needs just like Jesus was doing to the people. There's even one family, and what they do, they send some of their own food that they're given back to their relatives who are still in Syria. So they are spreading the good news, if you like. Do you remember a couple of months ago there was a big explosion in Beirut? Lots of people lost their houses. Lots of people had their houses damaged. We've got a team who are there and they go out and they see the children. They take them big boxes. Big boxes which have got food in them. Big boxes which have got medicines in them. But also inside the box they've got other stuff for the children. One lady said this. She'd been crying before, the, before these workers arrived. And she said, my husband hasn't got a job. And the situation's really difficult. And our workers sat down with her and they prayed with her. And the next time they saw her, when they took one of these boxes, she said, praise God, my husband has work. An answer to prayer. But in this box, they've got a puppet theatre. So you open up the box and you've got this puppet theatre inside it and there are puppets there and they're able to tell the story of Joseph. Do you remember Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat? Nice little hook. And so some of our workers are able to go and they'll tell them about the story of Joseph and meet their physical needs and meet their spiritual needs. Through food, through medical supplies and through being able to pray for them. So for us, let's see what we can do to show compassion to the people around us. We might not be able to teach or preach, but we can share something of the love of Jesus 
with the people who are around us. Are we truthful and loving like Mansour finds the people in his country to be? I pray that we are. So, now it's the test. Now we're going to have a little look at what Jesus says. Can you remember the memory verse? Let's do it together. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Did well, didn't we? I think so. So if the harvest is plentiful, what does that mean? Some, of the, some other versions talk about the harvest being bigger than you can imagine. So if you think of a harvest, what do you think of? Wheat. So nice fields of wheat there in front of you with all the wheat stuff waving about in the breeze. And if you want to bring in the harvest, certainly back in those days, nowadays you'd probably use a combine harvester, wouldn't you? But then you would have to have people to do it. That's what it says. And what happens if you haven't got the people to do it? It goes off. It goes rotten. It becomes smelly and dirty and yuck. In my home, in my at home, we've got some blackberry bushes in the well. They're, they're actually not in our garden. We back onto some allotments, and the, the blackberry vines hang over into our garden. We had the best crop of blackberries we'd ever had this year. They were fantastic. But sometimes I forgot to pick them, and then those ones went off. They were really mushy and yucky, and I got covered in blackberry stuff juice when I tried to pick them goes everywhere, doesn't it? And those ones that I forgot to pick, they went to waste. And the halves would go to waste if you don't go to pick it up. But Jesus actually isn't talking about wheat. He's talking about people. He's talking about people who we need to tell about Jesus. This is why Jesus says he needs workers to do the work. If you think about it, God could do it all himself, but God in his infinite sovereignty chose us to be his people, to go and tell people about Jesus. So what does he want us to do? Pray. He said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Notice, we're just workers. It's not our harvest field. We don't own anything. It's his. It's God's harvest field. Tell you what, the people are ready. God is going before us, preparing people. Prayer and mission go hand in hand. God is already at work. This is something our workers tell us time and time again. Let's tell you about one worker. He was in the city of two million people. Joseph, do you know how many noughts there are on a million? It's six. 
So you write the two, then you have six noughts after it. So that's two million people. That's a lot of people. And our worker, he went into a little shop and he was talking to the man who was working there. This sort of thing doesn't happen in this country, but the man who was working in the shop said, come and have a coffee with me. So they sat down together and they had a cup of coffee together. Didn't have to pay for it, it's great, isn't it? And then as they got talking, the man in the shop found out that our, our worker was a Christian. And then this is what the man in the shop said. I'm so happy to meet you because I have some questions I have been wanting to ask a Christian. And there are no Christians and there are no churches in my city at all. Two million people, no Christians, no churches. And yet God was already working in this man's life. Our worker answered the questions. And then he gave him an Arabic New Testament to read. <sighs> He'd never had one of those before. They exchanged phone numbers. They agreed to keep in touch. They are still in touch with each other. Now our worker came away praising God for what, what, had, what had just happened. How God had somehow set up this divine appointment. Our worker hadn't expected to meet anybody like that at all. But as he came out of the shop, he also had this other thought. He came out with a heavy heart. He thought to himself, how many other people are like that who have yet to, yet to meet a believer, have yet to receive the life-giving words of God? That's another way of saying that the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few, except it's what one of our workers actually found in that city. So as a church, I'm sure that you pray that God will send out workers into his harvest field from here. You do, don't you? Rich nods. They may serve in ministries of the church here. But maybe God will send them overseas to another culture, to another country. We don't know where the harvest is, but God does and God will work in us. And I firmly believe that God is at work all over the world. Sometimes it's hard for us to see where he's at work, but God is at work all over the world. I firmly believe that. And I also believe that he works through our prayers. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we all prayed that God would send out workers and we suddenly found out that we had too many people to send to the places that we know about? That would be a wonderful problem to have. But I've got a thought. I was thinking, well, how do we get people to pray for different things? And I thought, if you've got a particular interest for a country, in a country, that you particularly like a country, why not pray for that? Does anybody here support Brighton and Hope Albion? Okay. There's a sort of half hour. There's one or two hands going up. Not too bad. So if I said to you, if your favourite player is Eve Bissouma, where does he come from? Uh, Marley, okay. He, if your favourite player is Eve Bissouma, pray for Marley. 
How about Matt Ryan? Australia. If Matt Ryan is your favourite player, pray for Australia. Let's, let's have a look. Are there any Liverpool supporters here? I thought you were an Albion supporter. <laughs> so we've got a, a few, uh, about as many Liverpool supporters as there are Albion supporters. Okay? Where does Mohamed Salah come from? Egypt. Pray for Egypt. They need to hear the news about Jesus there. Who likes cricket? So what's happening in cricket at the moment? It's the IPL. If you don't know what the IPL is, Indian Premier League. So pray for India. But where is the Indian Premier League being played at the moment? Not in India. <laughs> Courtesy of coronavirus. It's being played in the United Arab Emirates. So pray for India. Pray for the United Arab Emirates. Sussex have often got one of the best one-day players in the world playing for them at the moment. He comes from Afghanistan. Pray for Afghanistan. So for those of you who don't like sport, think about your cupboard, your food cupboard, your larder, as they used to be called. We don't use that word any longer, do we? Larder? Don't think so. Bananas. Who likes bananas? Where do your bananas come from? Tell you what, I found out they come from 137 different countries. But have a look when you get home. See if it says on your bananas where they come from. Pray for that country. I was in, I had the privilege of going to North Africa last year and I was with some of our workers. I've never eaten as many oranges in my life. They were absolutely gorgeous. So I'm praying for Morocco. If you like tuna, where does that come from? Pray for that country. Or your tea or your coffee. Where do they come from? Pray that there will be a harvest in those countries. Or think about, where's your doctor come from? Or your dentist? My doctor and dentist actually both come from India. Your news agent, your friend, your neighbour, where do they all come from? It might be something that you hear in the news. You might be reading a novel. No point in praying for Narnia, it doesn't actually exist. Shame though, isn't it? <laughs> Watching a movie. Why not ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into that harvest field? Because there is a harvest there. Do you want a warning, though? There is a warning. Because if you're praying for the workers for the harvest in a particular country, it can be a dangerous business. Because if you pray for workers in that country, tell you what, God might actually tap you on your shoulder and say, what about you? What about you? Will you be a worker in my harvest. Will you be a worker in my harvest? So if you look back at the reading, or if you look on in the, into the next chapter, it says here, Jesus sends out the twelve. 
So I reckon that what happened was that the, the disciples, they prayed the prayer. And God tapped them on the shoulder and they became part of the answer to their own prayers. The Bible says that the field is white unto harvest. And if God does actually touch you on your shoulder and prompt you to start thinking, perhaps I could be going to the mission field. Just have a word with one of your church leaders here because it could well be that that's what he wants you to do. Get advice from them as to what to do next. Let's finish where we started this second bit. Let's go back and think again of our memory verse. Let's finish by doing those actions again. Remember what it says? Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field.